Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Glad you guys are here. We are continuing our seasons series, and we are moving through the seasons, and today we're going to be talking about winter. We began with summer, and we talked about how celebration is supposed to be a part of our lives, that God has created us with not only the desire to celebrate, but celebration actually is good for us. We, we saw in Nehemiah chapter 8 when they discovered the law again that they were first just mourning because they had not heard the law for so long and they'd been so distant from God and so they were downcast, but they were told, don't mourn, but instead we want you to rejoice. Go get some food, go get some wine, celebrate with one another because this is a day that is holy to the Lord. And when we think of holy to the Lord, maybe our minds don't think of eating and drinking wine, but that was the context of Nehemiah. The idea was there is a time to celebrate and it's a good thing for the soul. And so celebration is supposed to be something that takes place in our lives. And oftentimes we as Christians can be so burdened with things that we forget the importance of celebrating. And especially with our families. If your kids only see you worrying and in this kind of downcast place, what is going to be an incentive to follow your life if all you do is fret all the time. And so celebration is supposed to be a part of our lives. And then we moved in last week, talked about the fall, and we talked about the change that takes place and how change is going to take place in your life. There is no way to stop it. We looked at David's life and we saw how we went from a shepherd boy and he was anointed to be king by Samuel the prophet. And then he went into the, the palace where we thought, okay, God is moving him into the right place. But then once he was in the palace, Saul the king started hurling spears at him, which is another change, not the change you would want, a change that took him down a different path. But then eventually the change did come where he took his position on the throne. And instead of seeing change just as something that is negative, you know, it's okay to mourn when things change. It's okay to grieve the changes that take place. But you also need to stop and look at the beauty that is there. Yesterday was uh, my boy's birthday, the twins, Samuel and Jordan, and we brought out some pictures. Corrine brought some pictures out of when they were little. And we look back and you just can't help but thinking, oh, man, I, I wish we could go back and have some time with those little guys again. It was so fun, but then it was also very exhausting, you know. And, and so I wish above anything else I would have treasured the time more that I had. But then it reminds me I need to treasure the time now that I have because it's still changing and it's going to change again. And so change is a part of life. Can you stop and see the beauty that God is doing and working in us? And today we're going to talk about winter. And you can turn to Hebrews chapter 3. 
Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. You know, something very dramatic happens in winter. It, it happens with some animals like bears that will go into hibernation. It happens with the trees and plants where they'll, they'll become dormant. And it's an amazing thing because you think about trees that are in winter. I mean, real winter, not like California winter, like where it's snowing and where it's freezing for months on end. And these trees and these plants will survive below freezing weather for months. And the way that they survive is by going dormant. They're not dead. They're resting. The bear that goes into hibernation, he's not dead. He's just resting. And what they're doing is conserving their energy because they're going to need it through this period of time, through this time where there is going to be the lack of sun, where it's going to be the cold temperature, where the season is going to be very demanding. What the trees do, what nature does, is it starts to prepare. So it cuts off the energy and supply of food to the leaves. They turn colors, they fall to the ground because the the tree is saying, I need this energy to get through this season. And what we're going to find is that we have to do the same thing. And so in Hebrews chapter 3, starting at verse 7, the author of Hebrews writes, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing of the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me, Though for 40 years they saw what I did, this is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And so we see here, the first reading here is a quote actually from Psalm 95, and it indicates two historic situations that are taking place, the events that happened in Israel. When Israel was prevented from entering into the promised land. And then the, he comments on that, the comment that God makes regarding that event. He's making that comment hundreds of years later. The psalm was written hundreds of years after that event occurred. And so he's kind of giving it an update of sorts. I want to update you on what happened hundreds of years ago. What happened and why it happened. And then he even gives us further update on this in the following chapter, in chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. So he says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, 
Just as God has said, so I declare an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words, on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, today, if you hear his voice Do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort or be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. The author of Hebrews is giving us an account, and then he's updating the account, and then he's updating it once again. The first account is back to the children of Israel. They'd wandered for 40 years looking for the land that God had promised. But they didn't enter in because of disbelief. And so he says hundreds of years later that they did not find the rest that God wanted. And then he tells us again that really what the rest is, is the rest that God established after creation, which is found all the way back in Genesis. In other words, The Psalms has written about what Israel has done. God's giving them another chance to enter his rest hundreds of years later. And then when Hebrews is written, we as believers are given that chance again to enter into this rest. And the author points out that the Psalm was written a long time after the event. And now the author of Hebrews is writing this again a long time after the event. And so he uses this word today. And the word today is used in Psalms. It's used in Hebrews about these different events. And we need to understand that what we do as we see today as a moment and a time. But God is looking at it from his perspective. And there is no time in God's perspective. God doesn't see today as just today. He he saw today, even a hundred years after the event, as still that same day. And the author of Hebrews writing hundreds of years, thousands of years later, is still saying today because the rest of God has not stopped since the end of creation, he tells us. And so... The today persists throughout time. It's an eternal present that is today. And I know that sounds a little 
difficult to grasp, but sometimes our soul is quicker to grab hold of things than our intellect. And that's what I'm hoping will happen this morning, that we'll get to see what God is trying to declare for his people for all time. You see, from Israel's wandering in the wilderness to when Psalms was written, whenever a community hears the invitation, their opportunity to respond is today. It's now. It's at this time. That's what he, he says. In, verse, in chapter 3, verse 7, the Greek word that's used for time is the word chronos, or a measured time, minutes, hours, days, and so on. But with God, today is not static. It's not confined to a calendar day. This is the first of several of the surprises that the author is trying to convey to us. He's helping us to see God's Spirit says today. He said it thousands of years ago, but he says it today. Because he is living in that present. Another surprise that happens here is the way the author reinterprets the term my rest. In the context of Psalms, it's referred to the promised land. They made that trek they, they fought the desert looking forward to the resting in their own line, land, but the author here goes all the way back to creation when the seventh day God rested. And this is Israel's reference point to their Sabbath. When God rested. And it's the author's reference point for the rest that we too are made to experience. He brings us to this place, this today, and it's for us. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. In verse 9 of chapter 4, he says, God's rest is in a sense a return back to the garden. It's a return back to the fellowship of God. It's a return back to when creation was new. But we're starting to see this pattern that is developing. He's showing us through these examples. Adam and Eve were not allowed to return to the garden because of their disobedience. The children of Israel did not get to go into the promised land at first because of their disobedience. And that's the warning that he's raising here. You see, the warning is that if you do not believe... If you do not trust, you will not enter the rest. And therefore, he says, let us fear. While the promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. Tells us in verse 1 of chapter 4. We have assurances of the rest, but if they are not believed, they can't be enjoyed. And here the word believed is important because a lot of us know, but we don't trust. And really, believe or trust is what faith is all about. It's where we are called. If we will hold back <clears throat> then from trusting God, then we will be held back from the rest that God provides. And the rest is available 
to all who believe, all who trust. And it's important that we see that that's what's taking place. So what is it to enter the Sabbath rest? First of all, the Sabbath is not just a Saturday. He's talking about something more here. He's talking about more than just a day. It doesn't mean Saturday. It means to stop our labor. It means to stop that work. It means to take a break. It means to pause. It means to rest. And he is trying to get us to understand that the true Sabbath is ongoing. The true Sabbath isn't something that happens just one day. It is something that is happening continually. It is something that happened, he says, all the way from the beginning after God made the world and created everything, he rested. And he says that they were going to go and enjoy that rest in that land that God had promised. Again, they were going to take the promise of God and it was going to be for them the rest. The true Sabbath is ongoing and it, it parallels chronology of time. So it's today back in the time the children were going into the wilderness, it's today when the psalmist wrote it, and it's today when the author of Hebrews is writing it, and it's today, today. You guys confused yet? You see, it's important that we understand in eternity, it's always today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That this time structure that holds us this time that causes us stress because we have deadlines that it causes us stress because i'm getting older and my back is sore and when i get up in the morning it causes us stress because we have to produce in order to survive this stress that we live in in time there is at the same time a rest that is continuing through all of it, that has always been there. You see, in Genesis, there is this poetic reoccurrence that takes place. And we talked about it when we went through Genesis. There was evening and morning the first day. There was evening and morning the second day. There was evening and morning the third day. It goes on and on and on until the seventh day and then there is no more evening and morning. And so rabbis have talked about this for, or argued about it for a long time. While the other days came to an end, the day of God's rest had no ending. There was no beginning and end. There was no morning an evening, and then it was an end. It, it was ongoing. It, it continued that rhythm that was there without that end. And it was an eternal and everlasting rest that was supposed to be enjoyed, that man was supposed to partake of. but because of disobedience, didn't. The Sabbath and eternity are one of the same essence is the idea. The Sabbath rest didn't end. It continues 
even today. And so the idea of this rest, we, we, we drop into today, this present moment, we are actually being drawn into this eternal presence of God that is continuing. We are being called to this place of fellowship again with God, just as Adam and Eve enjoyed in the garden. That, that rest that was there for them is here for us today. For us, it's a moment of time that needs to be entered into. But for God, it is ongoing. And it's important to realize that because what that means is that means any time I can step into that rest, I need to do it today. I need to do it at this moment. I need to do it in my frame of time. If I'm going to enjoy the peace and fellowship of God, I need to step into that Now, I need to enter into this rest. And it's something that we, I think, get a glimpse of. It it is God's rest that we are entering in. He's inviting us to join him. He's calling us to himself. The Sabbath is not a restful state that we have to make happen. It's something that exists that we are being invited into by God. That he's calling us to. God's now, his today becomes this present moment. And this is where we find rest. Now, what happens is there's a detachment from what God is telling us is there and what we are experiencing in our life. God is telling us that there is a rest available to us if we will believe and trust him. But the life I'm living may not feel very restful. And so I have to make a decision. I have to understand Who am I going to trust? What am I going to trust? I mean, it's not uncommon. This is what Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 says. There it goes. Back. Back. (laughs) Okay, there it is. It says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Where are you seated? It says in heavenly places. Well, actually, I'm here at Magnolia Elementary School. Can you be in both? Can we actually be here at Magnolia Elementary School and still understand that we are seated in heavenly places? Can we understand that we are living in a, a, a world that is governed by time? We are in these confinement, but at the same time, there is an eternal God who is calling us to himself that is telling us that there is rest for us now, today. Can we understand that God is asking us to believe in Him above the circumstances that we find ourselves in and He doesn't think it's crazy. He he doesn't think it's a leap. 
he actually thinks it's the reality. And so in this similar way, as we are seated in heavenly places and seated here at Magnolia Elementary School, we are dealing with the constructs of time, but invited to the rest of eternity at the same time. And this is important because we need to experience this rest to be able to have the life that God wants to give us today. We go through difficult things, through illnesses, financial hardships, struggles with friends, parents, husbands, wives, children. There is a world that is falling apart that we are a part of. We live here with all this going on. And if that is all that we believe in, if that is all we trust in, it will take away our life. If we will not find the ability to find rest in the midst of this storm, in the midst of this season, then we will perish. And we are being called to this. And and though we learn to live in the moment, we we don't live for the moment. We're we're learning to live in acknowledgement that God is here, God is present, and, and He offers us rest. But I don't live for that moment. I'm living for God in each moment. And really what we're doing is taking our focus and putting it in a place of trust in God instead of the circumstances that are always changing, instead of the leaves that have died and fallen off, instead of the cold and the snow that is on the ground, we understand that there is life still here, but it is in the presence of God. And it's something we are being invited into just as God established in the garden, just as God called the people to that land. God is calling us to understand His presence provides us with the rest we need to continue living a life in fellowship with Him and in connection to Him. It's as though... All we had was this moment to enjoy everything life in the world has to offer. Our Sabbath pause is entering God's rest in this moment and finding it as that doorway to have the calm in spite of the craziness that's going on around us. The Sabbath rest is characterized by the idea of surrender. We give the moment to God. We give ourselves to God in this moment. And so the time, the today that we have is the opportunity we have to enter in to this rest that is going on forever. And if we could see clearly where God is and what God's intention is, 
then the troubles that we go through, as Paul says, I I reckon that the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. How could he say that? It's because he's in the rest of God. He has entered the place where he understands I am at peace with God. And so the promise and God's peace that is eternal is mine now, even though the sufferings are taking place. They can't be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. You see, there is this ever-present awareness through Paul and through the author of Hebrews of God working in spite of all that happens. That there is a reality that is stronger than the temporary things that we see. And so Paul would say in Corinthians, this temporary must put on the eternal. This corruptible must put on incorruption. I'm being called to something better, something more, something that lasts. And if I had the understanding that that is the way life really is, then I can enter into that place now, today. Because I'm being invited into this rest, into this relationship with God. We let go of everything, even trying to understand the meaning of how things are going to work out. We enter into the place where we say, If God is for me, who can be against me? We enter into the place that Jesus says, not a sparrow falls to the ground without your Father knowing it, and you're more valuable than they. We enter into a place where God's thoughts about you are more numerous than the sand on the sea or the hair that's on your head. We enter into a place where we recognize that God is doing all that He can for your good, that all things work together for the good to those who love God, those who are called according to His purpose. We enter into a place where we understand that in spite of what is happening now and today, I have this moment, this same moment, transcend what is happening and be in the presence of God and live with the peace of God today. And we are being called to this. And it's an important thing that we let the love of God, God's love for us, take us maybe where our intellect can't yet go. Because we are struggling in that understanding. We are being invited to a place of rest. But I'm thinking, no, I can't rest right now. There's there's too much I need to do. There's too much it has to fix. I've got to make sure that this gets done and I've got to make sure this gets done. And, And I just will labor and I'll struggle and I need to get better because I'm not good enough. I, I, I have to get my life cleaned up before I can come to God. And all these things God is saying, just give it a rest. Trust me. Because that's what I have done already. I think 
about how much I have worried in my life that has been useless. What does the scripture say? You can't get taller by worrying. I should be as tall as Mario right now. With as much worrying as I've done, you would think I would be six plus feet tall. I, I, it doesn't change a thing. In fact, the times that I've worried about my children and I've gone and I've tried to help and fix the things and it's accomplished nothing. And then the times I said, I can't do anything and I let go and I step back and then change happens. And you would think I would learn. Instead of fretting and worrying, maybe I can just go to God in prayer and enter into this eternal rest and say, I trust you. You are moving the universe to accomplish the good for those who you love. And you will do all that is necessary if we ask for My children ask for bread. I won't give them a stone. If they ask me for a fish, I won't give them a serpent. And if I, being evil, will give good to my children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You see, God is moving for your benefit. Do you believe that? And if you really believe that, then why are you worrying about This today, instead of taking the opportunity today to enter into that rest. With the reality that God loves me, God knows what's best, and I can trust Him. Right here, right now. You see, God's love can take us to places that we need to go to. And what it does is it gives us openness to whatever God brings or chooses to do or say at the moment. I I can be receptive to what's happening because I have an understanding of the rest that I can enjoy here through the circumstances. I'm receptive. I'm willing to to hear, accept, and respond to God, to what's happening. I can still my heart and trust Him instead of worrying. Anyone have a hard time sleeping? Look at you guys. No wonder I like you all so much. I have the hardest time sleeping because I just cannot shut my brain off. And those times where you really need to get up, you know, you have to get up early. And so, you know, you have to get up maybe at 6 o'clock. I know that's not early for some of you, but for me it is. But, you know, you're saying, okay, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to go to bed early. And it's 11 o'clock and you're still awake and you're watching TV. And then, okay, I'm going to go to bed. So it's 12 o'clock. Now you're in bed and you're on your phone playing a game. And then... Then it's okay, I want to put it away. It's one o'clock, and so you put your phone down, and then you look at the clock. Oh, it's one thirty. Okay, don't look at the clock anymore, okay? I won't. I wonder what time it is. I don't know. Look at the clock. It's two o'clock now. <laughs> Go to sleep. Okay, but what time is it now? Don't worry about what time it is. You gotta get up soon. I know, but how many hours do I have? I don't know. It's two thirty. Okay. Uh, 
Stop it. Stop it. Do anyone else do this? Like, stop it. Stop it. Well, we do the same thing in our life. Trust God. Okay, I'm going to trust God. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen with this. I wonder how I'm going to do that. Honey, have you checked the bank statement yet? No, trust God. Okay, I will. I'm going to check the bank statement one more time. Oh, no, it, the check hasn't cleared yet. Okay, well, that bill's, okay, that bill's due. I'm going to trust God. Okay, trust God. Okay, I'm trusting, I'm trusting God. When do you get paid? <laughs> Are you going to trust God? doesn't mean you're not irris- you're irresponsible, but when do you let go? When is it that you've done what you can do and then you have to let go of the worry? Well, I wonder if this is going to get done. I wonder if this is going to happen. I can worry about the things at the church. I, I, can worry. I wonder if this is going to happen at Genesis. I wonder if, I wonder if we're going to be able to make the bills this month. I wonder if we're going to be able to. And then I can just say, what, what is your worrying going to do? You see, today I can trust God for everything. Yes, you heard me, everything. You can trust him for your children. You can trust him for your job. You can trust him for your marriage. You can trust him for your life and the brokenness that is in there. You can trust him for your inability to be good enough. And he says, I have taken care of it. What you need to do is believe today. And that's what he's calling us to. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Chapter 4, verse 10. We can be calm, regulate our emotional reaction, aware of God's presence. And we need to look at a paradox that's here because it says in verse 11, it says, therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest. That's really what it means, or strive to enter that rest. And what a strange thing to do. You've got to strive to get the rest. That's like what I've been trying to do when I go to sleep, right? You see, diligent translates a Greek word that means to speed up, to endeavor, or to labor, we can state it kind of like this. Let's work hard to enter God's rest. Let's be diligent to pursue this position that God is making available for us. Most of us know that it takes effort to relax. When you go on vacation or when I go on vacation, I need one day at least to just start to get unwound. Okay, everything's unpacked. Yeah, everything's unpacked. Okay, this. Okay, we take care of this. Just settle down. I actually have to stop myself and take a deep breath and say, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to rest. And we have to work at it. And we have to work at this as well. Pressures, tensions interfere with our ability to trust God and rest. We can even sit in silence with God, worrying about whether we're sitting in silence doing it right. Lord, I'm going to pray. Am I praying right? Am I praying okay? Oh, I'm thinking about too many things. I'm sorry, God. I'm Okay, I'm going to give you my attention now. Now. No, wait. 
Am I doing it okay, God? Are you okay? And we start worrying about if we're doing it, am I praying okay? It's silly, but it happens. And then it's like trying again to fall asleep and keep checking the clock. But you see, this can actually work in reverse. Prayer can actually be a way to relieve those tensions and worries that would otherwise distract us. And so instead of being distracted by things, take the distractions to the prayer and enter into the place of rest at that time. Because the wall or the problem, I think, will stop most of us from entering into this rest is the way things are now. That's what stops us. And that was the problem. That's what stopped Israel from entering God's rest. The spies reported the way that things were in the land. What did they say? They said in Numbers, I don't know. There it is. said, the people are strong. <laughs> said, the people are strong, their cities fortified, and giants live there. That's the way things are. That kept them from the rest. You see, they believed that the circumstances were bigger than their God and it kept them from the rest. And that's exactly what's happening to us. Our today is keeping us from the rest. The things that are happening with us today, theirs was history, uh, they, Israel was a history of just stalling falling short of God's rest, even after the exile. And the author of Hebrews sweeps away this objection, explaining that God's the one who is doing the work. We finished from the foundation. He finished from the foundation of the world. The rest is here for us to enter into. Our situation will always be the way things are. Have you ever noticed it doesn't go away? The problems don't stop. You get a new job and the problems are still there. You get more money, the problems are still there. Your kids move out, the problems are still there. It doesn't change. The problems will always be there and it's always going to be the way things are. There isn't any other time or perfect situation. We have to enter into it and the time is today. And that's why we have to be diligent for this rest. Now and then, it's precisely because of the way things are that we need to turn to God. Besides, there's always more in the moment than the way things are at the moment. There's more in this moment than just the moment. There is the way God is in this moment. And what we're trying to do is transcend the problems that we're facing and enter into the trust and promise of God, which is the rest He is telling us. If we wait, a perfect moment will never come. As soon as I get my life together, as soon as I get that job, as soon as I get married, as soon as I get a boyfriend, as soon as the kids move out, as soon as I get, as soon as, as soon as there will never be a perfect moment. There will never be the time that is perfect. And at first it might be, you know, hard to enter into this rest. But if we start doing it regularly, pretty soon it will become normal to us. Because we are meant to live in this. 
it's possible to fool a tree and make it think that it's summer. If you've got an environment where you have the sun lamps on it and you keep the temperature warm, you keep it in a glass house or something, you can keep the leaves from falling. You can keep it by pretending it's summer. You can keep it busy, so to speak. But it will be detrimental for that tree. If it does not rest, it will stop producing fruit. If it does not rest, it will die much quicker. If it does not rest, it will not be able to fulfill what it's supposed to do. You and I are the same way. If we will not find rest, we will die trying. And it's vital to our souls that we understand God's place and his position. And so in conclusion, what I hope for us this week, I hope that we will trust in the Lord. It said in chapter 3, verse 6, we're told to hold fast our confidence and our assurance We are a hold confident in what? Confident in Him. Assurance of what? Assurance that He is there. That we will believe, unlike those who said, oh, it's giants, it's difficult, we can't go in there. And He says, okay, you won't. We're the same way. God, I can't do this. It's too difficult. I am not strong enough. I I don't have the, the willpower. I can't do this. And He says, you won't. But if we will be diligent, God, I'm not going to look at my limitations. I'm going to enter into your ability to do above and beyond what I can ask or think. Not just in the situations, but in me. Because isn't that where the change really needs to take place? Is in us? Who cares about the situations? If I was a person of faith, they would not move me. The struggle is with us. The struggle is in our faith. The struggle is in our trust. And that's where we have to be diligent. And we have to let it go. This whole passage brings us back to faith and to trust. We must do this with all those annoying thoughts, all those anxious feelings, we have to throw them on God. First Peter 5, 7, I'll cast all my care on Him. Why? Because He cares for me. I can cast my care on Him and it's not meaningless. It has purpose. I will take my cares. I will cast them on the One who cares for me and I will enter that rest that is there continually that I've been invited to into by Jesus himself. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you. In the world you will have tribulation, but in me you can have peace. May we recognize that the events and the feelings that trigger this unrest, use them as opportunities to take our eyes and say, I see what's happening here. I'm not going to give in to this. I'm going to stop. I'm going to be still in my heart and I'm going to acknowledge the God who cares for me today. And maybe you're here this morning and you have 
not committed your life to, to Christ, or maybe you're not sure if you have. Maybe you're wondering, well, if I'm a Christian, why is it that I, I, I feel this way? I have so much doubt. I, I have so much struggle. Well, this is your day. Today, you can step into this rest. Today, you can make the decision to believe and trust God, what He has said, and Jesus, what He has done for you and for me. Today, you can rest and say, I don't have to be good enough. Jesus was. I don't have to have it all together. God does. I don't have to worry. I'm going to take my worry and cast it on the one who cares for me, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above whatever I can ask or think. If He is for me, who can be against me? What can separate me from the love of God? Can height, can depth, from things present, things to come? Nothing can separate me from from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That is our rest. That is where we find our solitude. And wherever you are and whoever you are today, while it is called today, you can enter into the eternity of God's rest what he's called us to do by turning to him we trigger back the sabbath rest we go back and we reclaim our inheritance our relationship with god psalm 116 7 it says return O my soul to your rest for the lord has dealt bountifully with you while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Oh, but you don't know my circumstance. You don't know the problems I'm facing. You don't know the hurt that I have. You don't know the, the brokenness that I have. The Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Return to your rest. Who are you going to believe today? Let's strive to enter that rest and trust in God. Let's pray. Father, this is a daily exercise. This is a practice that requires our diligence to trust you. To believe in what you have said about us more than what we are saying about ourselves. To see the hope that you give to us more than the hope we see in our circumstances. Lord, I pray for those who are here this morning. May they Enter into the rest that you give. That rest is trust and faith and belief in you. Lord, may we take our cares, cast them on you. May we pause in the middle of our trials and difficulties and may we acknowledge and turn towards you. May we strive to enter this rest. 
And may what you have done for us bring peace to our souls. May we stop laboring to try and be good enough. And may we accept the gift that you give. May we stop worrying about tomorrow and all the troubles that are there. Today has enough trouble for ourselves. But God, may we seek first your kingdom, your righteousness. All these other things will be added to us. So God, this morning we desire to give you this rest. And this morning, if you're here and you are struggling in your faith with Christ, you you have maybe been beating yourself up or you've been worrying about your circumstance and you want to enter into that rest, today is the day. If that's you and you're feeling like this is where I need to step into this rest, would you stand with me and say, I'm going to stop the battle in my soul. And I'm going to step into this rest. And maybe you're here this morning and you are consumed about worry about a situation. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your marriage. And today is the day where you can enter into this rest. If that's you, would you stand with me? Make a decision. May we strive to enter that rest. And maybe this morning you recognize that you have been fighting against God Himself. And you've been trying to to be good enough and you're just not. And and it doesn't matter what you do. you, You can't escape the shame that you feel of yourself. And you have decided that today... I want to trust Jesus with my life. If that's you, would you stand with us? And Lord, as we stand here this morning, Lord, it is a determination to enter into this rest that is there, that has been there, that will always be there for us. We recognize it. And we want to be diligent to pursue it. So God, we stand desiring your will in our lives, trusting you for our lives, looking to you, the author, the finisher of our faith. Thank you for being our God and for loving us so perfectly. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.